Blog Talk Radio. Intelligent, controversial, groundbreaking. The great liberators are coming. Hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White take on all topics intrinsic to the black experience. No topic is too cold or too hot. Now, here are the great liberators, Amiri Brown and Kenya White. everyone doing out there this is your host the one and only amiri brown host of the great liberators radio show it's sunday the time is 7:32 eastern exactly and we are live and we are hot on this uh beautiful sunday evening um what we have on the docket today is you know blackistan on trial, addressing misandry and misogyny in the black community. And that, now that's just the general topic of this, of discussion, but these things have, you know, far-reaching um, implications into other areas and avenues of the black community, of, of black life, and of the black experience. Um, if you wish to call in and have a question or a comment or wish to add to the discussion, the number to call in is 516-418-5457. I know it's been a while since we've been on here. You know, I've just been, you know, on a bit of a hiatus um, away from podcasting, doing the YouTube thing, just, you know, dealing with the, the rigors of, of everyday life. Um, I'm actually going to be joined by my brother, uh, chaos reign on this on this stream. Uh, look forward to hearing what he you know what he what he has to say on the topic. Your brother has a a lot of insight into into a lot of the issues that tend to plague um, uh, the black community. So uh, let me let me let me bring him in real fast. Yeah, chaos. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Yeah, how you doing, brother? Do I got background noise? I sound good? Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Okay. How does my audio is my audio clear? Yep. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect. So, you know, it's it's been a while since I've been uh, since I've been on this platform. 
it's something that I, I that I've been continuing to pray for. I said, well, shit, I might as well use it. I mean, I'm I'm paying my hard-earned money for it. Um, and I just I just kind of came up with this topic, um, you know, just on a not I don't want to say a whim, but but just uh, on a whim. <laughs> I mean, uh, just because you know, just just watching the way that you know that that you know Negroes tend to tend to operate on social media, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram, Snapchat. Um, I think it's a it's a you know a prevalent topic. Uh, it's something that that needs to be examined. And basically, when I talk about Blackistan, Blackistan for me, what it represents is uh, black dysfunction, the dysfunctional nature mm-hmm. of what we call the the black community that particular aspect. But what I don't think we give enough attention to is that there are there are in fact two black Americas. Not one, but two. You have the underprivileged and the underclass black America and then you have the middle class to upper middle class uh black America and there's a clear class divide between the two. In fact, uh sociologists such as William Julius Wilson, Harvard Harvard sociologists have stated that the the wealth gap and the class gap between uh, middle class and upper middle class blacks and the lower class and underclass blacks is actually greater than the wealth gap between white and black. Think about how profound a statement that is, the implications of that and what it really means. And so because you have these two different black Americas, you have two different diverging cultures that are prevalent in black America. And I guess the most popular uh, cultural reference I could make to this is Chris Rock when he talked about black people and niggas. You see what I'm saying? So even though he was saying it in his comedy routine, he was saying it in the comedic way, it's something that's, you know, that's very true. And what you have is uh, you have the larger populace of the so-called underprivileged, underclass, who want to act as the validators and the aficionados of blackness. They want to act as if they are in the in the mainstream of black identity, black thought, um, blackness itself, what it means to be black. This is where we get the, the, you know, the entire terminology and concept of, uh, of selling out. So when we talk about selling out, what we're, what we're typically talking about is a black person who has identified with and gravitated towards American cultural standards and ideas, whether we're talking about family, education, uh, employment. And this is something that I said, that there is a segment of black society that looks down on work. They look down on work because they'll talk about it in a derogatory way. Well, you're working for the white man. See, you're working for the white man. As if all forms and modes of commerce and American society is not, in effect, working for white men. The very currency that we're all buying to get to sustain our everyday lives has white men on it. So just because your immediate supervisor or your immediate boss isn't a white man, you're still working for the white man. 
That's what white supremacy is. White supremacy is white male domination and and hegemony that is backed up through the dollar, by the dollar, through its military prowess. So the force of the dollar is the military, the white man's military. You see what I mean? But we have these types of, you know, references in our vernacular and our social cognition that particularly come from from this ilk. And so when they talk about black people who have sold out, that is what they're talking about. But they're not going to call June Day, June Dog, the little fucking hoodlum on the corner who's selling poison to get that same white dollar. They're not going to call him a sellout. See, he's keeping it, quote, unquote, real. He's a, quote, unquote, real nigga. Why does it seem that in black society, in the black community, in this particular class of uh, of black people, a real nigga is more sought after and more lauded and applauded than a real man? See? Like, even when we think about the situation with Bill Clinton, like, let's think of how Bill Clinton got the moniker of the first black president. The re- the way he got the moniker of the first black president was because he played the saxophone really well. He smoked weed. And while he was on the job, he, he, he got sexually pleasured by Monica Lewinsky. So look at look at what we attached to black identity, to what it means to be black. You see, and this is the prime problem that I'm seeing that we're facing in the 21st century that's more pronounced and more prevalent than white supremacy is black inferiorization. Black inferiorization, the, the idea that, that in order to be black, one must be closer to criminality, one must be closer to a low-income, impoverished area. One must be closer to underachievement, to mediocrity, all these different things. And, and this is something that I've mentioned before. We give moral weight to failure in black society, and, and especially coming from this, this particular ilk. See? And what happens, they, this particular ilk, they engage in their fucking bullshit. And then when the consequences of that come, then they want to teach they, they want to treat those consequences as if it's a community issue. This is something you hear routinely coming from a lot of these silly sisters. Where they're sitting here in, engaging in coitus with some goddamn bum who doesn't think enough of them to do what men have traditionally done for women. And then they want to try and get a random brother who ain't who ain't have who has no connection to them whatsoever to do what he's supposed to be doing. So the charge will be black men aren't building or these men aren't building. See? But the fact is, it's not my job to build anything for you. The man that you're deciding to sleep with and open your legs for is supposed to be building something for your black ass. And it's not my fault. Or any other brother's fault that you haven't, that your mothers didn't teach you that. See, this, this this thing where, you know, where we always want somebody else to do something for us. And this is something that, you know, that, that, that David Carroll says, and I have to agree, the Negro will never control the economy of its community. And it's precisely because of that fucking mentality. Give, give. Somebody should always 
give you something. See, and then we engage in these misandrous and and misogynistic tropes about black men and black women. And and my interest in this has been very much selfish because I have three sons and three daughters, and I don't want my sons and daughters getting caught up with your dysfunctional fucking children. That's just what it is. I don't want I don't want my daughter getting caught up with one of these fucking knuckleheads who thinks that masculinity, manhood, and all of these other things are predicated upon the devaluation and subjugation of his female counterpart. And the fact is you have a lot of these fucking niggas who think this way, and then I'm supposed to ignore it. See, because Father Knows Best has not been the cultural standard of the black community for quite some time now, the protection for women and young girls has, in effect, been broken down. And so what this means is that uh, brothers have been able to operate a certain type of way without any account of accountability. Not accountability in a retroactive way, in a reactionary way. I'm talking about accountability that's very much proactive because this is something that I, that, 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 that I hear all the time, especially coming from YouTube. You have all these brothers proclaiming themselves to be – select guys, the good black men. The, you, you, you see what I'm saying? But the fact is, is that the qualifier for a girl's mate was, was her family and predominantly the father. If the father wasn't, approve, wasn't approving of you, then you didn't get no, you didn't get no run at, at, at the sister or at the female. See, you didn't, get, you didn't get a run at the sister and at the female. You had to live up to certain standards, cer- certain cultural practices and protocols to prove your worthiness to deal with this with this sister or this female. But in this particular uh, segment of black society, that is totally out the window. And what you have is you have a bunch of nigger men and nigger women freestyling and then wanting to take the consequences of, of their own decisions that they made with their own free will and then lay it at the feet of the collective. This, this, is, this is essentially what you have going on. And it's so pronounced and so profound now, it's essentially metastasized and infected the entire culture of black society. Where now we even see it Bleeding off into the other class of, of the other class of black society, the gender asymmetry plays a part into this because the women outnumber the men, so it dictates that the men can just engage in serial serial monogamy without any real commitment, and it creates all these other branching off uh pathologies that tend to affect the black community at the black community at large. And then what happens, many of these sisters who through their own choices who decided to deal with these incompetent, inept, fucking weak black males, then they want to use social media, Facebook, YouTube, as a as an effect a bully, a bully pulpit and then want to try and take 
all black men to task when a man like me has not contributed to any of the shit you're talking about. My wife and my children have no idea what you're talking about. So why are you asking me where the father's at, bitch? How am I supposed to know where the father, where the man at that you let hit? How am I supposed to know? See? How am I supposed to know? You let the nigga get in between your legs, not me. I wasn't nowhere around. See, but not, but then you want to talk about it as a community issue. Then you want to collectivize it. And then try and play victim. And let's get on these let's get on these brothers who try and pretend like they're so fucking traditional. Nothing could be further from the truth. When many of the times when these men are talking about traditionalism, what they want is they want the tradition of the double standard that men have typically enjoyed within American and patriarchal societies. You want the double standard. You want the tradition of the double standard. That's what you mean by being traditional, because if if it was a situation where now you had to wait till marriage to get courtes from a woman, you ain't trying to hit that. If it was a situation where you had to live up to the father's expectations of his of his uh you know for his daughter's mate, you ain't trying to fucking do that. See, so you're not you're not traditional in the, in the true sense of being traditional. You just want to be able to engage in a double standard, and what it is, you want the women socially subordinated economically subordinated, so when you engage in your in your double standard, there's no recourse for the women. That's what you want. That is what you want. When when you make these arguments about the government intervention, that's exactly what you're talking about. You want the you want the woman solely dependent on you so you can do what you want. And she has no recourse. Because that's the way it was in American society. For a I'm certain here. segment of men. Yeah, go ahead. One question. Did you share this on Facebook, um, the, the link to the blog talk of the show? Because I was No, saying, I didn't I share the link, up. but I shared. Um, oh, let me see do, do me a favor. As mm-hmm. you talk, um, if you could give me the link, that would be good. Possibly so I could share it. Yeah, I'm trying to see how to. How do I, oh, shoot. I shouldn't have did that. If you're on blog Hold talk, on. you can just copy the URL that on top. If, you, if you're watching board, mm-hmm. it should be that. Chat. Hold on. Code. Maybe it's just at the chat. Yeah. Um again the number to call is five one six uh five one six four one eight five four five seven. That's the number to call. Five one six four one eight five four five seven. Yeah, I'm looking for the link. Damn, what a link at, man. What was this? It says short link, but it wouldn't let me copy it. I know what I could do. Hold on. I know what to do. I think I know what to do. Um, but yeah, but you know, and, and, and this is what, you know, this is what, what happens. And, and like I said, you have a lot of people giving advice, like even with that situation with, um, who that is, uh, with Aisha Curry and, um, and Steph Curry, you know, now you got all these niggas, you know what I'm saying, running their fucking mouth talking about what he should do and what, you know what I'm saying, and none, and none of these people have, don't even have no idea what that type of relationship is like, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you got to realize a lot of these, 
that that you're not monogamous, so you have no idea what they're going through in their going through in their marriage. So you need to shut yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you need to be you need to be quiet. You got too many people who giving advice and they got no business giving advice. Wait, go ahead. Let me say something about that. And I'm not sure if you took a part if you when I did a stream on this month. Um, I think this happened in May during the playoffs. Mm. And when this mm-hmm. when she went on the table talk and dispute her frustrations in the relationship we have, you see a whole bunch of men and you know, I ain't gonna knock. I didn't want to talk about it because at the end they they're married for a while, that's their business. But you see a whole bunch of men have things to say. Say, Oh, you know, it's not wrong. I heard some dude say you should divorce her and all this stupidity right. and all that stuff. And and you hear some of the girls or like I say the women, some were silent. Mm-hmm. Some find it a problem. And others find to say, girl, you must be fucking stupid. You're with a millionaire. You want to let that go because you want to be, you know, be seen and want men to look upon you, like, for attention. But it goes back right. to getting married that a lot of people have not been in an actual relationship. Hell, much they exactly. got married. Exactly. I mean, I, but want to give, but wanna give will, advice. There's certain things I will not be saying off my mouth about another couple's relationship, especially if they're married. And half of the population of what we call black people are mm-hmm. not even married in the 50% range. We are we, we just right. barely touching over 35, you know? Right. And if we do get married, on the average, the marriage don't last long. It'll last now, on the average, a year now. One time it was over close to over two years. And now it's cutting out to even right. last a year now. So to sit there to base somebody else's relationship to your own is preposterous. It's, right. It's ludicrous, you know. So. these are the, and yeah. these are the voices though, and these are the voices that we want to give weight and authority to, and that's why I came to the conclusion that these niggas full of shit. Like I told you, when it comes to black YouTube, I don't want to hear nothing. Majority of them, uh, the majority of these niggas got to say. You know what I'm saying? That's the mm-hmm. way. I, that's why I like I just left it alone because. A lot of these niggas just full of shit. They just trying to make money. They just talking. They they're not really serious about nothing about nothing they're saying. You know what I mean? It's 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 just the mm-hmm. money grab. And then mm-hmm. if, we, if you look at these individuals' backgrounds in their in their lives, it's not it's, a lot of it's not even consistent with their with, with their talking points. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So this is just niggas. Mm-hmm. This niggas running their fucking mouth, man. You know what I mean? And then what they're yeah. doing. I sent you the link. Uh, I, I texted yeah. you. And then what they're doing? They're poisoning. They're poisoning the youth and mm-hmm. the uh, the future generations. And 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 this is something I noticed too. Like you have a lot of these dudes who who always who, who quick to call call a man a, a man or another brother. You know, you was raised in a single family household, and then you look at it, these dudes don't even be knowing who their fucking daddy is. They ain't never mm-hmm. met their daddy a day in their fucking life. You know what I'm saying? But then, and I'm like, yeah. well, what makes what makes you think think you're the expert on on masculinity or manhood around here? You don't even know who your fucking daddy is. So I see why you blaming mm-hmm. everything on the woman because you you, you want to blame the woman because you don't want to face the fact that your daddy that many times your father wasn't shit. That's why he chose that woman to be to be your mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's always two actors to blame. See, this I'm not going with the shit where you think I'm just gonna put majority of the, majority of the blame on the woman based on the sexual politics. And the reason why a lot of these men do that because that's really what they care about. 
Like mm-hmm. even if you look at the Pookie and the Ray Ray debate, it, that's all it's over. It's not. It's not over. Have it's not. It's not over about. It's not really about having better cultural standards or practices for how men are to, supposed to engage and operate. It's all about who's getting the access. Who's getting the sexual access from a that's lot, a lot of these awesome. talking points, man. That's all that's it's all about. It is. You know what I mean? And who but was, just to, just how to, much sex they can get. Right. Now, just to just to pivot um a little bit here. Because the other day you and I were on we were on your show on on the TRS platform and yeah. there was um a discussion going on and you had a couple of brothers on there and I use that term loosely. You had a couple of brothers mm-hmm. on there sitting here trying to make the argument that well this 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 hookup culture, this is nothing new. This, this, people been doing it. Man, like look. Back during, back during the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, it, 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 those things happened, but that was not the cultural standard. It was much more stigmatized. So, for example, if a politician back then, back then, in order to be a viable politician, you had to have the back, you had to have the background and the backdrop that matched with the with with the cultural standards of the American society. So, you would have to be yeah. a married man. With kids, with a household in order, with children who weren't all presidents had to be engaged, married. yeah, who weren't engaged in untoward and untoward practices. Yeah. Go ahead. And and I don't want to pause. If you think about, and this is why people think good on this, up to the forty-fifth president, which is Donald Trump, which president you know that was elected office of to be the president of the United States of this so-called nation that never been married mm-hmm. and have children. I can't remember right. not even one time, and we could probably dig up the history, and somebody could call in to address this if people have any information. Which president, you know, is not married with, with, with um, wife and kids? That's the president. I wait. Mm-hmm. You, matter of fact, that's exactly. one of the things that, that, that they don't look at if you're going to be right president. They're not going to allow no president right. that's a, a bachelor <laughs> or a man, you know what I'm saying, run for the free nation, mm-hmm. and he can't even create what is known as the first government family. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, and and see exactly, and and so the, the 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 people may have engaged in those things, but that was not the cultural standard or the cultural practice. And then these men, because these men would have two, three, three. No, nigga, your family did that. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That was not as that was not as widespread and as prevalent as it is today. It just wasn't. Now people people may have done it, but those things were much more isolated than what it is now, where it's it's widespread, and where it, through the backdrop of this widespread casual mating mating culture, marriage has waned. Mat the pop, marriage has waned. What what marriage is supposed to mean? It's supposed to represent has waned. They even and so sociologically they even have a term for this where they they call it the modern family now. That that those that traditional thing is, is is really a thing of the past. So back then during during that time, even though some men engaged in that, that was not the cultural standard. And what controlled the men's behaviors to a certain extent on how they on how they behave with a woman sexually was if you messed around and got this woman pregnant, you were made to marry her. See, a lot of these dudes get off easy today when they got to pay child support. So you just got to pay child support, but but you get to keep on going about your business. Back then, if you did it, they, you had to marry her. 
So that so the specter of marrying a woman who was just a jump off to you was enough to keep men in check to a certain extent, especially before the advent of the widespread usage and normalization of contraceptives. Even back then, contraception was not the cultural standard. Contraception, and this is why, like when these brothers be talking about abortion, that's why I get them on abortion. Because back then, contraception was viewed through the same lens as abortion. It was Mm -hmm. viewed through the same lens. And that's why I tell them, if if you have a problem with abortion, then you have to have a problem with, with, with contraception too. But the reason why you want to de- demonize abortion, but you're much more accepting of contraception is because that allows you to engage in your casual sex with these women. Yeah. So you're a hypocrite. You're being a hypocrite. You're just, when it comes to abortion, you're just mad that you can't use abortion as a form of birth control. See, if abortion was defined as a man's right, they wouldn't be calling it gynocentric. Even though in that iteration of the law, it would be androcentric. But if it was androcentric, you wouldn't have a problem with it. That's why you're calling it gynocentric. Because you see it, and you see it as impeding on your, on, on, your, on your reproductive rights as a man, despite the fact that in no way do these laws inhibit, from how, inhibit your reproduction. In no way do, do these laws inhibit your reproduction as a man. Your body is not being controlled or being policed. You want the right to police these women's bodies. So if you fuck around and get them pregnant through your casual, reckless sex, you can make them get an abortion. That's what you really have a problem with. And this is why I don't want to hear their mouths. So you're not traditional. Because the, the, because the traditional cultural standard and ethics was abstinence before marriage came before, came, came before all sexual activity. So you don't want to hear that. You're just mad when you mess around and get these women pregnant. You gotta pay. So if you you feel like if the woman, I didn't want the kid, I didn't want the kid, even though you even though you had unprotected sex, I didn't want the, I didn't want the kid. So then if the woman keep it, you can't force her to abort it. So if she keep it, you shouldn't have to pay for it because you never wanted it. But you're saying you're traditional. Well, if you was traditional, you would just you would get married first because that was your tradition. You know what I'm so this is a lot of self-serving bullshit from these niggas, and then they wonder why they lack the moral authority and impetus to, to, to lead these women. And, and then act like the women not smart enough to see you're full of shit. They see what I see. You're full of shit. Mm-hmm. You're full of shit. You want, you, you want these women to be socially acculturated to a, to, a, to a standard of where they only engage in sexuality for your benefit. That's all you want. So you're very fine and comfortable with the idea of you're supposed to be because of bioevolution and because men are naturally predisposed to be um, to, to be polyamorous. You want the woman to accept your promiscuity, but you want her to be chased. Not understanding that if the population of that if the population of men are promiscuous, the women are going to be promiscuous unless the men are going to be sleeping with each other. That's the only way. The only way you can have a population of promiscuous men and taste women is if the men are sleeping with each other. This is yep. math. Mm-hmm. But because you're so blinded by your incessant need for this double standard, you can't even see that. See what I'm saying? You can't even see it. And that's why I be telling them, you're just as problematic as this fucking woman you're talking about. 
you're just as problematic. You want to be able to do it without the consequences. And that's why that's why I was telling them, I really don't want to I really don't want to hear hear your complaints when it comes to child support because really you're getting off easy. Because men back 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 in the day, those men had to marry those women. That was the standard. Mm-hmm. If you messed mm-hmm. around and went against the cultural ethic and standard of the society and engaged in premarital sex and messed around and got this woman pregnant, you had to marry her. That's what it was. You had to marry her. See, the men wasn't making excuses for the men. Well, the woman got to keep her leg closed. That's what the woman got to do. You see what I'm saying? They gonna put the they they gonna they put the onus on on the other man because they're patriarchal. So a lot of mm-hmm. these men who's talking about they're not patriarchal, man. They just want a double stand. They want a patriarchal double standard. And that's why I don't mm-hmm. want to hear their mouths, man. That's why I don't want to hear their mouths. Because what it is, they don't want to police and regulate themselves as men. They want everybody to accept their rampant, hypersexualized behavior, even though their rampant, hypersexualized behavior is problematic for the community. Mm-hmm. And then this is what they'll do. They'll be like, well, see, this is why women tend to outnumber men. And because the men, the men have a have a biological evolutionary need to to sow their seed. That means they're gonna have children. They gotta have children. And then they'll turn right back fucking around and take a and take a case like out of Tennessee where three men sired forty five kids from ten women. But ain't this what ain't this what you're saying? This that example <laughs> is the example of your fucking argument for your promiscuous behavior. So you don't have a problem with what these men doing. You have a problem that it wasn't you. You mad it wasn't you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? The, the, the minus the kids. So you you just want the sex. So I'm saying like mm-hmm. it, like if these women was getting pregnant from the men winking at them and it didn't engage, it didn't involve the sex, they wouldn't care. That because that's all it's about with these niggas, man. And that's and like I said, this is why. What 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 group of patriarchal men is going to be happy to see any of you niggas coming? And be like, you know, like a, a Asian patriarchal man, they gonna be like, good, my daughter doing good. She's she's with that quail. You know what I'm saying? The nigga gonna be mad because they know how y'all are, man. You're full of shit. You don't really want to do what you're supposed to do as men. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is why you're talking about the government policies. Because the only way you're gonna do right is if the government make you do right. And don't understand that's your argument. Like I'm not smart. That's that's your argument. That's what you're saying. If the government give you an option, you gonna go for the other option. Mm-hmm. And the only male who, who operates like this is you. Mm-hmm. It's you because these laws are specifically designed against these these black men. It's not it's not specifically designed against black males. So you don't you don't see it overrunning the Mexican community. You don't see it overrunning white society. You don't see it overrunning Asian society. You don't see it overrunning <clears throat> Indian American society. Why is it overrunning yours? You see what I'm saying? And so that's why I don't be wanting to hear it, man. I, like, I'm not going to pretend like I don't see you want some bullshit. You know what I mean? And and, and that's why I'm like, man, you know, but anyway, that's what, that's the argument that these clowns was making. And I, I went, I went back and listened to, you know, listened to a bit of they, a little bit of they stream. And I'm like, it's just ignorant, man. You know what I mean? It's just ignorant, and, it's, and and this is the thing. Like you got to realize, a lot of these people haven't really studied in depth the African American family 
the family structure in American society. Um, they haven't really read a lot of the books. They don't understand the sociological framework of when we're talking about uh, the black family, family in the United States. They don't understand that family in the traditional sense was a Christian concept. See, family in the traditional sense in American society was a Christian concept. It was a Christian construct. That's what it was. When you talk about liberalism and conservatism, see, it's the reason why they say Christian conservative. And it's the reason why and, and liberalism is more secular. It's more divorced from religious thought, religious ideas, religious concepts about sexuality and reproduction. <clears throat> See? So, uh, like, and they sitting there talking about, because I heard, I heard him talking about you. Yeah, Gary, Gary be listening to these dudes, and, and, the, and these dudes just have a, they, be, they, be, they just be on YouTube talking. They just be on YouTube talking. I'm like, man, look, it's no, it's no, there's nothing you can point to, nothing empirical that'll say what you're saying. That'll say that these men engaging in this activity was the cultural standard or the cultural norm, you dummy, you dumbass nigga, okay? Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Because the, mm-hmm. those things, those things happened. Those things happened, but they weren't culturally the cultural norm or the cult or accepted like that. See, like that. This is why when like, when these politicians would have you know kids out of wedlock on on the side with their wives and stuff, they just want just walking around. La la la, I did it. You know, no, nah, they would hide it because it would hurt them politically. You see what I'm saying? Now, now in this day and age, it's nothing. Like like even back then. Divorce was divorce was a taboo thing, you know, like like the things that would the things that would take place in in, in marriages in the course of divorce and fidelity, those different things, <laughs> those things were were taboo and kept under wraps. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the norm like it is now. Now we have this hypersexed, oversexed hookup culture. Where marriage is seen as where marriage is seen as a relic of the past, and this is hyperized in the black community in black society. I think like the marriage rate in in the black community is only like twenty eight percent. Twenty eight, twenty eight. I think wait, it might be twenty eight or twenty nine percent. Something like it's low. I think it's the lowest it's out of all of the demographic. Twenty nine percent. Yeah, yeah. So so that just goes to show you. So when you have a 29% marriage rate, then you couple that with the divorce rate, common sense is, is going to tell you you're going to have an influx and an increase of single mothers. That's what you're going to have. That's what you're going to have. Like like dudes don't even, before if a man got a woman pregnant, he would like be like, man, I got I to gotta go ahead and marry. I got to do right because this, that, and the third going to happen. You know what I mean? And I like, guess the reason why back during that time period, people would stay together, quote, unquote, for the kids. Niggas don't even believe in doing that now. What she she uh he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't put the toilet the toilet seat down, girl. You need to leave him, girl. See what I'm saying? Like this is what niggas do now. You know what I mean? Like we have this this culture where we we value quantity over quality when it comes to relationships, when it comes to to love, when it comes to sex. You know what I mean? And, and everything in our society 
particular black society reflects that. When you look at the STD rates, both of black men and black women, when you look at the family structure, when you look at uh, the poverty index, when you look at these different things, it's not hard to see what the major issue is. It's not hard to see. There's very little family planning that takes place in black society. And some of that is, is economic, but more than anything else, it's behavioral. It's behavioral. It's, beca- it's become culturally normal. Like, you, you, you see, and this, this is going to show how ignorant, to pr- further prove how ignorant they were making those arguments, you're not going to hear a song from the 1950s talking about, I'm just, that's just my baby daddy. Who that is? My baby daddy. So you ain't going to hear that. See what I'm saying? This baby mamaism, this baby daddyism. Like, if you, the people that, like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, pe- people, if you went back in that time period and used that terminology, then people would look at you like you was crazy. You see what I'm saying? Because they thought of, they thought of marriage and family in the traditional sense as much more normative than what we do today. So it wasn't the same. This is, that's, that's, it's asinine to assert that it was. Just because you had instances of that taking place. It's just like now. Marriages take place now, but that's not the cultural norm. Marriage is a fading institution. See, it's a fading institution. What's uh what, what's some of your thoughts on it? Well, hold on. Uh the, the uh yep. calling number is five one six four one eight five four five seven. Uh that's five one six four one eight five four five seven. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. I wanna ask you a question. I wanna ask you a question. Since we look mm-hmm. at marriage now, and there are outlets now and programs, I ain't gonna say names, mm-hmm. that's trying to, I guess, trying to say whatever is left of this thing we call institution marriage. Mm-hmm. I wonder how successful they they gonna be. Now moving on to the next decade, because right. as you know, they're pushing back a lot of laws. And favor are not mm. for the men, but this is very uh, for America's sake, because a lot of people, not the black people, but the American people in general, are not getting married at a very high rate. You know? Right. If we, if we really looked at numbers, and one day we should do a show, show on this and just break down the actual numbers next time, if we could, if we could mm. look it up. Right. Let's see what is the average percent by race in America that is married. You know, and are we gonna right. look at yeah, the, I would like to see that. But, we 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 got to compare it for the last fifty three years or fifty two years, depending mm-hmm. when the marriage started to start declining, and then we're gonna see a trend where it really is going, you know. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Um. We have a caller. Caller eight zero three. Um. I'm bringing you on. Uh. Yes. Hello, Amir. And I'm sorry. I don't know your co-host name, but hello. To everybody. Hey, how you doing? Chaos Rain. <laughs> Chaos, yes. Um, I'm calling. I wanted to know you I'm listening to the show. Mm. Can there be healing, Amiri? I mean, we've been going back and forth, the mm. gender wars. Where do we go from here? Um, you know what I'm saying? Are we just gonna <laughs> yeah. dive uh, you know what? Getting as much you know what I'm saying, getting right. Having as much sex as I, we want and then just die? Is that is this how this going to end? <laughs> I, I I put it like this, you know, when when a woman is with child, once she reaches a certain point, 
in that in that pregnancy. It's a it's a place of where it's you're beyond it's you're beyond the point of no return. That child is going to fall, even if it means death to the mother and the child. And unfortunately, in the 21st century, this is this is where we are. I'm sure there will be, you know, remnants of uh, of black families within that that traditional sense. But I think for the for the most part, um, this is the new normal. I think that this is this is the new normal. Like when you have, you know, the rise of of intersectionality, intersectional politics, um, a lot of the issues that matter to black men politically and socially don't really matter to to black women in the same ways. Um, There's a growing, there's even a growing class divide between black men and black women. A lot of these things are playing themselves out along the lines of gender. And, uh, you know, it it just seems that too many, too many of us are resistant to to healing in any real sense. See, because before we can even begin to heal anything, we first have to render an accurate assessment of how we get to where we are. We have to we have to have an accurate diagnosis, and then we can go into the prognosis. But we don't even want to do that. Like you have brothers and sisters who don't even want to validate each other's pain. They don't even want to validate validate each other's pain. We use each 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 other's pain as um, an instrument and a bludgeon to further traumatize and re-traumatize each other. Right. And use it to get what we want. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, it's, um, it's bleak. I guess, I guess there's always, you know, some hope, but I I just think that, that it's, 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 it's the vitriol is too, it's too prevalent. It's too profound. It's too, too pronounced. And then you have, individuals who can use social media and YouTube as avenues to further exacerbate and manipulate that that vitriol for their own gain. And and one thing that I've I've consistently tried to do from the beginning, I've tried to be objective. I've tried not to personalize any like any any issue. Um I've tried to be a voice of reason. I've tried to be an, an honest broker. And that is not something that is popular. That's not that's not popular yeah. in, in, in this day and age. It's much it's much more popular to make your um your stands and your positions along the lines of what's gonna be more more lucrative and what your your what your gender uh, your gender is. See, and this is something that, that we've we've taken on from the dominant society particularly liberals and Democrats. See, the Democrats have been very adept at utilizing identity politics. They've been very, very, very adept at that, where we base our political philosophies, ideologies, affiliations, based purely on how, how we identify ourselves. And, 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 when you, and, that's, and when you think about it, that's worse than being an ideologue. See, that's mm-hmm. worse than being than being, you know, someone who believes in a certain ideology and believes in it staunchly. We, we this is something we saw play out with Obama. Many of us voted for Obama 
just because he was black. And then we and then we wonder why we got very little return on the Obama presidency because the fact is even though he was black his politics wasn't black so we so we bought into identity politics based solely on identity we did See? and and and, yeah. and and yeah and that's how that's how he was he was he was able to use blackness the black struggle as a false flag to to facilitate the this LGBT LGBT wave we see in that look here it is in 2019 they had they had this this horse and pony show farce of a hearing on reparations yet they they yet they've gotten through and passed a gay a gay reparations which really yep. is a tax write off right you see what I mean yeah but yeah. they passed right. it. it took them five minutes five minutes they passed exactly. it now but it took them forever. To give us exactly, they want to just have a have a hearing on it. Yeah, yeah. See, and so so we've bought so we've bought into into placing identity above principle. We place identity above principle. See, I'm not I'm not here to make an impassioned plea for brothers. I'm not here to make an impassioned plea for sisters. I'm here to stand up for what's right. For what's right, but I mean, and what's going to be you know the most effective. Go ahead. Okay, but right, but Amir, you know, okay, <laughs> our time here is limited, so our right. kids. I'm saying, so what? I mean, what is your hope for your kids in terms of relationship? I mean, what's my, I mean, uh, my, I know my my vision for 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 my children was always to see them build on the foundation as I laid, and I think I would be. It would be disingenuous of me to sit here and act as if, you know, I've done everything 100% correct and I've been just, you know, above board. But I, I have, you know, at at the very least, I have made my family the the forefront of, you know, of, of my focus and of my efforts and of everything that I've, you know, that I've tried to do. And, and so my vision was to see them see my children build on that to go on to have strong relationships with you know mm-hmm. with a, with a, with a life partner who who was um equally yoked with them and had the same life goals the same uh political insights see this this is how many of these political and wealthy power families build build on what was get on on the foundation that they were given this is how you can get a political dynasty like the kennedys See, like they're going to be aligned on those things, and everybody's going to understand their role because, at the end of the day, it's about the power that the, that the family that the family wields. And 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 I think too many times we we think about these issues in a in a very unidirectional way, in a hor- in a horizontal way. We don't think about it vertically. We don't think about it omnidirectionally. So when so for example. And, and I'm guilty of it too. For so, if for example, if I say, "Well, man, I'm not protecting random black women," see, it's easy. It's easy for me to say that because I'm thinking about it in a horizontal way. But then, if I start thinking about it in an omnidirectional way, would I want another black man taking that position with my mother? Would I want another black man taking that position with my daughter? You see what yeah. I'm saying? But too many times we buy into that unidirectional, horizontal way of thinking, and this is why we can't get past this this gender divide because we're thinking about it along the lines of identity 
as opposed to principle in what's right and what's going to be effective for the collective group. And all that, yeah. Mary, to, to also add in, man, you've mm-hmm. been honored to not say if they're going to do it, if they, they do things and just and without was something. Today, most of men right. today don't have no honor or any dignity. Exactly. Just to um, fight exactly. So in regards exactly. to what you're talking about saying protecting women and children, that should be given because other race of men do it, you know? Right. And when they do it, and, and, it's not they, they don't do it because they say, I'm doing becoming. No, they do it because they see better for the future. Because without the women, right. you can't have the children. And the children, and then you have no nation. Matter of fact, you will have no community tomorrow. But because of right. this environment that our people are under and, you know, the passivity and the programming is so strong that mm-hmm. this is what is bred now in the 21st century. We have very much a lot of soft-ass Negroes mm-hmm. out here. Right. All they care about okay. is fucking, sucking, mm-hmm. and, you know, probably spend money. Just like a peanut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and you know it's un, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but I mean just just reading the tea leaves now. That's I mean it, you know it is what it is. It, it, it's not it's bleak right now, you know, and and that's unfortunate. Yeah, and that's why I wish you, you know, know with the YouTube creators, all these content creators, mm-hmm. and it go beyond the entertainment. I really want us to heal. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Right. The divide is wide, and we got to do more than just entertain each other. I mean, you know, right. that's a part of it, too, but we got to see, you know, some tangibles, you know? Right. Like just, just hearing right. each other talk is not going, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's just not yeah, going to work. I mean, you know, yeah, you're right. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, um, and, you know, I, I think somewhere uh, somewhere along the, along the line, um, I lost my way a little bit about you know just from where I started from and what my what my goals and goals were for even starting the Great Little Raiders um, radio show. Um, I think I bought into a lot of the toxicity um, that's prevalent on on Black YouTube, and that's why I said that's why I black, backed up from from uh black youtube for the most part because it's just a lot of toxicity and you have you see and you're dealing with um many individuals who 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 have abandonment issues and i was talking to a sister the other day and we often talk about brothers and their and their mommy issues but the fact is many of our sisters have mommy and daddy issues because when you have a father who for whatever reason wasn't there and was absent then you couple it and you compound it with an with an abusive mother, then you're looking at an entirely different animal. And un, un, unfortunately, this is the trauma that that many of our, our sisters have come from. You know, many and and, yeah. and 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 our brothers too. And so this is you're dealing with individuals who have profound, um, you know, profound trauma. Uh, they have abandonment issues, and so when you have those things then you're going to be less likely to want to connect with someone that you see as just being temporal or 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 a connection or a relationship that's seen as fleeting. This is this is why we even talk about putting our children first before the union that birthed our children. When you like when you when you think of that logic, it that's that's illogical just from a, from from a methodology standpoint because if you go by the chron the, the 
the chronology of it, the relationship came first, and that's where the children come from. So, right. so the relationship, it always stands as the basis and the foundation by which the children rest on because that's how they got here. We don't do that. What we do is we treat our we treat each we treat each other and our mates as temporary, and we marry our children. And that's something that's yeah. that's that's a, a a wrong methodology because your children are your supplanters. They're destined to to go on and replace you. See, but unfortunately, right. this is what we do. Yeah, they let the relationship fall to the wayside, and their life becomes exactly. about the kids. Yeah. Right. And, and and what those kids will do, they will they will play both ends against the middle. See, yeah. and, and that's why like the, the what the things that we see that like the family I remember coming up it was family programming. Like it and it would show the you know, the man and the woman, the traditional family and it would show how important it is for for that man and that woman to have a united front when it came to the children because the children will play one against the other. And it's and yep. this is something that you know that that kids do when they're trying to get their way. Like my kids do it. Like you know, my daughter might call me and ask me for something, and I might be like, "Yeah, not thinking," and then come to find out later, she had already asked my wife, and my wife said no. Yep. You know what I mean? Like those yeah, they do that kind of that. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my daddy always do that asked, kind of well, stuff. well, what did your mama say? <laughs> right. Go yeah. ask your mama. Yeah, what did she say? Yeah. <laughs> And you, and, so, yeah. and we shouldn't, yeah, we shouldn't undermine, you know, each other's, um, each other, each other's authority. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, like I said, unfortunately, you know, that's just what we do. Um, so I mean, it, it's bleak, you know, it's, it's bleak, and I, I feel for, you know, for brothers and sisters. Um, and and I'm really, I was really taken aback to just find out how profound how profound it was, like, you know, just where we are with the, with the vitriol, the gender war and things like that. And and I've been charged with being someone who's trying to, you know, stoke, stoke these things to, to enrich myself or whatever, but it's not that I, I understand that you have to get these things out in the open. Like you have to, you have to get it out in the open. And then in the process yeah. of getting, of getting it out in the open, the way you get past it is not by invalidating the other person's trauma and pain and hurt, but that's what we do. That's what we do. Right. But I, Amira, but I definitely appreciate, yeah, you know, being a black woman, but I do appreciate that you call us out on our BS too. I mean, we right. got to go there. <laughs> and so right. um, I definitely appreciate that. And you, you know, you get on the men too. So that's what I'm right. saying. We just got to own up to it. And even though it's hard to hear, Right. So we need to hear it, and we got to do something about it. That's just right. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for your call and, and for your question and for your for your input. All right. And thanks for taking my call. Y'all have a good evening. All right. All right. You Bye-bye. too. All right. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah, Kath. That's. You know. That's basically where we at. And this. You know. This. This is our first. Our first show back. We gonna. We gonna. Uh, I'm never giving up, man. Even though, you know, we took a break or whatever, things happen in mm-hmm. life that you got to deal with and that take precedent. Yeah. But like I said, you know, I am the great liberator. It stops when I say it stops, and it's not over yet. You know, I go back to the drawing board, come up with another game plan, come up with a new approach, and then we go back at it again. I'm, I, You know, we I want to continue at looking at getting some guests on here. 
probably going to be reaching out to Dr. Randy, Randy Short to just get his commentary on everything that's going on. There's been a minute since I actually, you know, chopped it up with him um, on the show. And so, you know, we're we going to keep plugging away at it, man. We're going to keep plugging away at it. Um, mm-hmm. We're down to the last few seconds. You got anything that you want to add? Ain't nobody else calling? Anybody else calling? No, nah, that's not it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, the only thing I would say that, you know, as a people, we got to do better. Like anything at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, this is the first stream in a long time. Um, hoping that the next stream we do will have even more deeper discussions. Um, besides right. the guests, it's going to be a while to get guests on here. Um, but like I said, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many things to talk about. Um, we could talk about current events, you know, and uh, I'm not too fond of current events, or we could talk about just the just the politics that being placed right now. You know, there's so much to be discussed, and you know, there are not enough answers, but you know, to keep the conversation going is a start. You know, right? Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate everybody for for listening in. We had a few callers in the, you know, um, on the line. Um, I appreciate the, the sister for. You know, coming on and asking a question, giving an input, and like I said, we just getting we just getting started. Um, ain't nothing changed. Y'all know what it is: make Black America great again or die trying. Peace. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Great Liberators, hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Until next time.